I think it's great. I think you look lovely. I think you look professional, and your home looks beautiful. I think people are going to oh, love thank it. You. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here. <laughs> Ready. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back, friends, to the Late Night Playset. My name is Jay Ryan. Thank you for joining us this evening. It's Thanksgiving week. We are here giving thanks in the Good Vibes Club. It's not a club. <laughs> thanks for choosing to dial us up this evening. Uh, we are, uh, it's, it's like I said, it's a holiday week, and we're going to spend the whole hour with one person. That person happens to be our good old buddy, Ray Schaefer. Ray Schaefer from Porsche is here. Well, he's actually in his own home, but he's here with us, joining us digitally uh, with a great signal. You look fantastic. You got a killer microphone in there. And hello, Ray Schaefer. How are you, sir? I'm well, Jay. How are you? I'm fantastic. Oh, it's so good to see you. I'm so looking forward to this hour. Uh, I'm just going to tell everybody that tonight is... Tuesday, November 24th, 2020. As I mentioned, Thanksgiving week, we are excited about that. And we are giving thanks. There's a lot to be thankful for. Uh, the world is crazy, but it's still spinning, and I sure am grateful for that. Um, Ray Schaefer, there's so many things I want to talk to you about. I feel like we should just get right to it. Uh, anything I have to announce for the show tonight can certainly wait till the end. We've got some great guests coming up and, uh, and certainly some holiday festivities as well. So with that... I'm going to bring it over here to my buddy. I'm going to bring us both in the same shot if I can do so, which I think. Oh, geez, that's not it. <laughs> oh, <it's over> already. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I love it. I love it. I'm the one who's supposed to be good at this. There we it's go. It's over before it started. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Ray, I'm so looking forward to this. I'm so looking forward to this. We had a great call the other day, which I love our catch-up calls, but um, somehow we get to different stuff on the show, and um, and I'm really looking forward to it. So it's good to see you, my friend. And you as well. Thank you for the uh, thank you for the invitation. I appreciate it. What a great week, the Thankful Edition 2020. And and yeah, it's been a uh, been an unusual year, but we certainly have a lot to be thankful for. I have so much to be thankful for. I sh I was going to make a mention of your facial hair, but I am no person to be should be mentioning anyone's facial hair, given what I've got going on here. Um, if you've been watching the show, Ray and our friends at home certainly know uh, I had been letting my beard grow since since the election, mainly because it was sort of like I'm on strike until you guys make a decision on this thing here. I don't care what you decide; just make a decision on this thing here. Uh, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do my thing either. Um, so it sounds like maybe some wheels are in motion and a decision has been made. So I have a feeling by tomorrow's show, I may have shaved. But you look mm. great with facial hair. So before we even get to what you're up to, I want to say that physically, <laughs> I think you look great. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. That's the only reason why I do this is so that I can get that, that feedback. Now that I have that positive feedback, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, and this has been Ray Schaefer. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's great to see you. Um, but yes, I did want you to feel a little bit of love. Also, it was just, it's its in my face. You look different than you did last time I spoke with you. Vi well, thank you. Video. I appreciate that. Yeah, well, I was wearing the mask for so long. Um, you know, I forgot to take it off for a, a few days. And next thing I know, there it is. So <laughs> it's oh, just that, like that. Is it, was it really that type of thing where like a long weekend or no. whatever? Because I no, certainly, I certainly no. can relate. 
No, it, actually, that's not. I'm just joking. But, you know, for the first time ever in my uh, in, in first time I've ever tried it my entire life. So um, I don't know. I kind of like it. I think it works. It gives you something to look at other than my nose. And I think that uh, that's a positive. <laughs> every time, every time, Ray Schaefer, every time. <laughs> I think you're a handsome man. I, I think the problem that you see is in your own head. It's the reflection <laughs> in your head. Oh, it's always fun. <laughs> always fun to talk about it. Always fun to talk about it. So thank you. I appreciate that. The problem is everybody, when you see a photo, they're like, oh, you grew a mustache. But it's like, no, actually, there's a lot more here. It's just you can't see it because it's white. Uh, so you- well, I, yeah, I share that. <laughs> <laughs> I do share that. Boy, it's coming in. You got, got like a weird thing going on. And it's like, no, it's just, it's the pattern of whatever nature did or is right. doing. I have a feeling exactly. it's a mosaic in progress. Yeah. Uh, and everybody says, we, was it, was it your choice to never try facial hair before? Or was that like a corporate environment type thing where it was frowned, not frowned upon, but maybe even not allowed perhaps? Yeah. I don't, you know, it really wasn't anything like that. I just never. I don't know. I never, I never saw it. And interestingly enough, my dad, my dad's had one pretty much his entire, his entire life, at least that I've known him. And so I don't know why I just, um, never thought to do it. And then just, uh, I don't know, just this year, you know, it kind of like, why not? <laughs> well, I say this is the year, right? Why not? That's right. Why not? <laughs> just in every possible way. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> It looks good. Yours is, is growing in nice and uh, nice and deep there. So good for you. That looks nice. Uh, thank you. But it's straight lumberjack. I've done nothing to it. Even when I kept a beard, which you know, I think I probably had a beard when I met you. Um, yeah. uh, I used to keep the beard. I would, you know, you cut into it, you keep your neck clean, you, you do all the, th- there is maintenance involved for anyone who's never had a beard or for ladies out there who, who never will have a beard. Uh, th- there's just a lot to it. it you think, oh, it's going to be easier. It's not necessarily easier. There are things that you have to do. They're just different things. Uh, so I used to have a lot of things I would do to keep a beard. I, I haven't uh, done any of them. This is straight whatever, and like there's some facial, you know, whatever kind of moisturizer stuff just to sort of tone it down for the show. Otherwise, it's really, you know, kind of grizzly Adamsy. <laughs> well, that's do you it. Have you that actually, or do you not? You don't let it get to that point. No, it doesn't really get to that point. It's kind of it's kind of messy, I think. But um, you do have to trim it up and everything. And you know, again, for the first time in my life, I get to care for some hair. I mean, it's kind of. Uh, it's new and exciting. What can I say? <laughs> Again, <laughs> the nose and the head every single time. How old were you when you when you lost your hair or when you started losing your hair? Oh, it just started. Not, to thin it's not supposed to be that kind of show, but yeah, it just started to thin recently. As a matter of fact, I'm still a little sensitive about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You bring it up every time. <laughs> uh, sorry about that. It's just too much fun. It's too much fun. It's too much fun. Well, I, the reason I ask is I have a friend um, who it never really, I mean, he, he buzzes his head and it never really occurred to me, but he, he was like, oh no, I was like, he was barely 20. And, and yep. I mean, he's, he's my age. So, I mean, it's, it's somebody in their forties now. Um, so it was, it was, it was probably goddamn awful to happen at that time. But also at the same time, he probably got like a weird confidence from dealing with that and conquering it. That he's that he's been able to do other things, I think, as well, because this person is wildly successful. You you probably know who this person is, but anyway, I didn't know. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Is it is does it matter? Where where did it happen for you? 
about the same, actually, about uh, late teens. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, uh, I think I might have said it before, but, you know, guys like, um, like Al Holbert, who I remember in sports car racing back in that, that time period, I just used to think to myself, uh, he's a pretty damn cool guy. And if, if uh, he can, you know, he can do that, I can do that. So, heck yeah. Did you gain confidence from it? Was it traumatic at the time? I don't mean to make the whole thing about it, but I mean, I'm at an age where I've got my own things going on and I've got the miracle of television working in my favor, you know, right now. So, <laughs> so I'm curious, I'm asking people, uh, but was it traumatic or was it uh, not really a big deal because you had those people to look up to? Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it, at first it was kind of like, Oh gee, you know, uh, what are you going to do? Because, you know, I, at one point in time I did, I did have hair. Right. Um, and you know, Ramsey Potts will be the first one to show the picture because he keeps it handy and his favorites on his iPhone. In fact, he Ramsey. just pulled it out on, you know, yeah, I was sharing it on uh, Saturday night, but that's, uh, showing it to some people always, <laughs> always quick with that picture. That was from like <laughs> when we were like 19 or 20, I think anyway. Um, so yeah, you know, at first, but you get over it pretty quickly. I mean, you don't really have any choice. So, uh, you know, yeah, there's, there are bigger things to do in life than worry about that. <laughs> is it the first time you buzz it that that's it? Is that is that when you're is that when like oh you're you're over you you have no choice but to be over it? Uh, you know, if you look at pictures, uh, if we had Facebook going back to the uh, to the nineties up until now, you would see a gradual down to this kind of deal. But um, no, it wasn't. It, it re, once I got to this point, uh, this is this is wonderful. I just wish it would stop growing back, it, so I wouldn't have to do anything about what little it does. You know. Yeah. Yeah. During COVID, I did this anyway, but especially during COVID, I've been cutting my own hair. If you couldn't tell, this masterpiece has been has been uh, <laughs> uh, concocted by by this master. Um, uh, but with that, you notice you notice things that you wouldn't necessarily notice, like, oh, what the pattern is of growth or lack of growth or whatever. It's kind of it's kind of funny. It's funny. I don't have anybody else to talk to about this. I have bald friends, I guess, but I've never brought it up. Maybe I'm just you finally can, of, an, of, of an age where I'm confident enough to bring it up. <laughs> That's right. You can call me anytime. We'll talk about it. Uh, you know, I'm happy to happy to talk you down, talk you down out of the tree on that one. <laughs> Thanks. Well, if you said, yeah, when you buzz it, that's when you get your power back or whatever. That's when you don't give a shit. Uh, I would have said, oh, great. Then let's do that. And let's do it on the show. And, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, but being that you didn't say that, that got me off the hook. Woo. Well, I don't know. You just brought up something. Maybe we should try. Maybe that would be good television. I'm willing to do you, it. Everybody leave Leave your comments below, um, and let's get let's get a vote going here. Should Jay Ryan shave his head? Yeah, or should someone do it? <laughs> <laughs> we'll have someone do it. Maybe that'll be a yeah. maybe that'll be a thing. We could do a raffle, and somebody gets to do it. You know, to there like do go. it for charity or something. At Cars and Coffee. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, all right. Well, off of your noggin, because I think you're a damn handsome man. And by the way, could you be more stylish? Yeah. Like, I feel like that, like every movie villain who was bald was so goddamn stylish that, that, that made them handsome and, and powerful. What is the, what is the yeah, uh, Dr. Evil? Oh, yeah. Hello. <laughs> oh, I love you. I love you. I love you. Hey, you know what? We're going to talk about this okay. later. But if not already, please consider following Ray Schaefer for your backstage <laughs> pass to all things Porsche, brand heritage, and the occasional plug for his friends, <laughs> which he does, in fact, do. That's Ray Dodd Schaefer, S-H-A-F-F-E-R. 
Um, uh, Ray Schaefer, off of your noggin, I really, really, really would like to know, we talked about it briefly the other day, I would like to know about your recent ride in the 944 Turbo, how it came to be, what it was, and uh, what your experience was. We'll get on to well, Porsche well, we for, have... our, for our viewers at home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have we have the love for that transaxle sports car in common. I know we've talked about this a little bit before, but this year, one of the things I'm grateful for in 2020 is the opportunity to spend a good amount of seat time in my friend Martin's uh, what's considered a pre-nine pre-Turbo Cup 944. They built seven cars for the professional showroom stock endurance racing series in the mid 1980s. And uh, they were lighter weight cars with um, no sunroof, no air conditioning, uh, factory roll cage, Recaro seats, you know, built to go built to go showroom stock racing, professional showroom stock racing in the uh, mid 1980s. By the time the SCCA series and, and shortly after the Firehawk series started, was very big business, very popular. In fact, there was so much contingency involved in in winning one of those championships that I remember reading in Road and Track that the uh, series champion actually paid out more prize money than winning the Daytona 24 Hours that year. Oh, my so, goodness gracious. Yeah, showroom stock sports car racing was a big deal in the 1980s, and it seemed like every manufacturer was involved in it. Of course, Porsche uh, was as well, and they started with these seven cars, and eventually that turned into uh, what became known as the Turbo Cup and the One Make Race series that they did in Germany and throughout Europe, and then eventually made its way uh, out to other parts of the world. Canada had the Rothmans Turbo Cup. You might remember uh, seeing those cars, a Canadian series. Very much and, so, yes. Yeah, I mean, again, because yeah. I was a fan, so whenever I saw that shape, I was gra- I, you know, gravitated towards whatever livery was on it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And there was some great racing. A lot of guys came up through that that you might recognize, like uh, Scott Goodyear, who was a, um, you know IndyCar driver and, and a sports car racer. I do remember him from Indy. I didn't know the Porsche connection or the, I didn't big, know big the, level. Uh, and uh, yeah, no, I didn't. Yeah. Outstanding. Yes. He, he did. Uh, he did that one make series go on YouTube and, and search some of those Rothman's turbo cup races, incredible in car. There's one in particular from uh, Montreux Blanc where there was a problem in qualifying and Scott Goodyear started in the back of the field. And, and again, these are all pretty much identical 944 turbo cups and he, through driving talent and perseverance, just pushes his way from last to first. And uh, it's an incredible, incredible video. Very tough track, uh, very fast cars, but uh, it's great, great YouTube watching. That's for sure. So we have this, um, we have this opportunity this year to, to get behind the wheel. And uh, it really started here in Road Atlanta. The car came to the shop uh, shortly after being purchased at auction and not really having any baseline um, for the team to work with, no records or anything like that. Um, they basically just safety the car. And um, it went to Daytona last year for the um, Classic 24. And then after that, it came back here to Atlanta. Yeah, that's that's the car. And it came back to Atlanta. And right after Amelia Island, uh, there was a running issue that they wanted to work out. And so my friend called and said, would you mind... Um, meeting meeting Michael at the track on um, on Friday and, and drive my car to see if we can figure out what that little stumbling problem is. And so, <laughs> yeah, you don't. 
he don't say no to an offer like that. So, so, uh, so Someone's yeah, we went to, the, to go test, go test drive their race car. That's, yeah. that's no problem. <laughs> yeah. So no, no problem there. So we went and did, did that. Couldn't, couldn't solve the problem at the track that day. So went back to the shop, worked on it. Uh, the next track day was a couple months later in June and we managed to, they, we, I just was driving. They, the team managed to figure out what the, pro- <laughs> what the problem was. We, you know, the and, team and me. <laughs> yes. It is a team effort. It's a team effort. So, uh, so solve, solve that running issue. Um, and then next thing you know, we were, well, why don't we do the, the fall historics at road Atlanta with it, which is the beginning of October. And so, um, so I had a chance to go and, and do that. We just had a blast. It, it was off and on rain all weekend. Uh, and road Atlanta is just such a fun track, wet or dry. Love, and love, so, love, love, love. yeah, had a great time with the car there. And then, um, after that, it was like, well, that was so much fun. Why don't we, why don't we take it down to Daytona for the classic 24? And, uh, you know, this is about, uh, 200, these are, turbos were the 220 to 250 horsepower, uh, four cylinders. And the, um, the gearing and everything is pretty much whatever it was from the factory. And so we figured it would be pretty good for Daytona. You know, it, it, it didn't seem quite right for Road Atlanta. And again, not really having done anything with the car as far as setup goes, um, not knowing what the baseline or anything was, we've kind of figured it might be better for Daytona. And so anyway, long story short, we get there and, um, you know, Daytona is so big and it's so fast. It, if you could just imagine taking a car like a 944 Turbo and using ev- every last bit of RPM that it has, bringing it up to the red line, and and holding it there. I mean, that track. The majority of the time, you're you're wide open throttle on that track, and I mean, it was um, 6,500 RPM through the banking at, oh, at one point with the unrestricted screaming. exhaust. Yeah, it was it was a screamer for sure, um, and it was just so aerodynamically stable. I, I think that's the other thing. I mean, I. The speedometer doesn't work on the car, so I couldn't tell you what the what the speed was. But if I remember reading magazine articles about it back in the day, I think it should be somewhere in the 150 range, uh, speed wise. But aerodynamically, it was um, super stable. The car just it just didn't move. And uh, you know, when you consider how small the rear spoiler is on that car, and there really isn't much of an air dam on the front. You know, it's not Pretty very stable. big, but it's very scoopy. Because it's got the sides, yeah. and you know, it really do, it probably does it probably does disrupt a lot of air. I would guess. Yeah, it, well, it's a, it's such a good looking car too. I mean, it, that the design of it, just especially in red like that with the Fuchs wheels. Oh, I, I, just I definitely good, agree with you. Such a good looking car. So yeah, really, um, really enjoyed that. It was, um, you know, the brakes on the car. Yeah, you know, look at that shot there. Just. Those, that's when we had added the lights for the uh, what was going to be the night portion of it. Well, to make a long story short, we had a um, we had an oiling issue. You can see how the car's at an angle there on the banking, um, and the engine sits at an angle to begin with, and so it didn't really like the extended um, sort of oil uh, starvation oh. a little bit. Oh, I yeah. see. Well, that's, that's so we had a little bit of historically that was a nine eleven issue as well. You know, because of the the flat six. Yeah, and so they they solved that obviously with the uh, you know the nine eleven is a dry sump and this is a wet sump lubrication system. So uh, you know again not having any baseline with what to work with, uh, we had some issues with it, which meant that that first session on Wednesday morning's practice was going to be it. 
And um, then uh, Martin got to the track and, you know, he's one of those kind of guys. He's, he's never, never say quit. Uh, he's <laughs> like, well, it's only Wednesday. And the, you know, the, the 24 hour doesn't start until Saturday. And he said, you're from, you're from Florida. Surely, you know, somebody that's got a 944 engine sitting around. Why don't you get on the phone and see if you can find one? This sounds like uh, <laughs> this sounds like Days of Thunder. <laughs> yeah, it's <much>. race day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I I did that. I got on the phone and um, found a friend that that used to used to race them and had a had a repair shop. Um, and he was kind enough to uh, sell us the engine. Of course, you know it was described as um, I put it on the shelf. Uh, gosh, about ten years ago, and uh, you oh, know, I it don't ran remember. then. Yeah, I don't remember uh, if it was running when I put it there. That um, ran when I so, took it yeah. out. Eight hundred dollars later, we had us an engine. So, but how, so as how we was went it? up, well, we went up to pick it up, you know, and pulling it off the uh, the rack with the forklift and everything. I mean, it, it just looked like a, a a big boat anchor. Basically, yeah. it uh, you know, there's a lot of salt air in Jacksonville and everything being close to the ocean, but um, at any rate. While we were driving up and getting that and bringing it back, the team was working to pull the engine. And if, if you do know anything mechanical about a transaxle uh, 944, removing the engine, removing the torque tube, the, tr the transmission in the back, getting all that out is not, not the easiest thing to do. And the team, they were working on that in the garage at the track. Uh, you know, the lighting was okay. It wasn't great. And, you know, they had to find a, a cherry picker to pull the engine. It's not typically the thing you bring to a racetrack with you, but um, they managed to find it. And while they were pulling that, we went and got the engine, brought it back. And I got to tell you, the next day, the next day for the en entire Thursday, they worked on swapping over those engines. And it was just amazing um, that we were running again by Friday morning. And how did that engine run? It ran, which was amazing. Um, just amazing considering, again, not knowing what you were starting with. Uh, no baseline whatsoever. But so uh, it did okay. We, it did okay. Yeah, they did it. They did it. They oh, made God. it. They made it run. They, they, you know, again, it just goes to show you, I think, the, the stoutness of the engineering that's in there to pull something like that off the shelf. And, of course, when they said they, you know, opened it up and drained and, and did what they did, that um, – it wasn't exactly the uh, get rid of my screen. Um, wasn't exactly um, you know the freshest fluids coming out of it. <laughs> so right there's right. there was a lot of unknowns. We kind of went into it like, well, you know, this is going to be almost like um, a game of musical chairs. You know, we had the three of us driving the car, and at some point in time, we figured the music would stop, and we weren't sure who would be the one, you know, standing. <laughs> without a place to sit. <laughs> That's, great. That's great. That's a perfect analogy, for, especially for endurance. Yeah, for sure. But we had a lot of fun with it. Eventually, that engine um, gave up the ghost too. But boy, we, we got through an, another hour-long enduro race with it and uh, the eight-lap qualifying race with it and, and as well as halfway through another sprint race before it finally had enough. But um, That's pretty impressive. It was. It really was. But, you know, for me, it was the um, the teamwork and the, the tenacity for the technicians, the mechanics that were working on the car with no manuals, just going off of their own experience, their expertise and professionalism to do a swap like that, to make it work and then to put drivers in it on a track like Daytona. And it and it 
it was great. I mean, it, it did its, it, it did its, made the green flag and, uh, we obviously didn't make it all the way through the 24, but wow, what a what an experience! And again, I'm just I'm so impressed with the work ethic of the uh, vintage racing company. Well, and I think it's just really cool that you got to be a part of it. Absolutely, I, I, it's very very thankful for that to uh, to Martin and the team for having the opportunity. That livery that's on the car, by the way, that's all period correct. Uh, the road and track sponsorship that's on there from the magazine, the Schneider Nelson, which is a Porsche dealership uh, oh, back cool. in the day. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, I thought I thought it might yeah, be fact, a, like a parts maker or something. I didn't know. No, actually, I think it was up in your uh, up in the New York area, if I'm not mistaken. I think they were. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, it's such a it's just a good looking car. You were right about the color, but the shape. I think perhaps uh, the fact that there isn't a sunroof. You know, it kind of has it has a 944 roof line that you don't get to see. It's more 911 like. You know, it's not broken up. Um, I guess by that I mean it looks a little more round. Uh, the whole yeah. shape to the car is just really, really good. The setup and and you're right, aerodynamically. I remember mine being very stable, even just on highway, you know, at highway speeds. Um, and I didn't have yeah. any of the kit on there that that you guys do, man. Well, you you might notice in the picture there that that yellow line down. That's the um, the on the banking there. That's the the apron down below that. Mm-hmm. And oh, so we the, have an angle change the, here. I see. Yeah, pitch change. Yeah, very very significant. Um, and the reason. The reason why you do that is because in the Classic 24, they group the cars by decade. So that car was built, you know, in, in 1985, 86, right in that time period. You know what else was built in that time period as well, right? Uh, in the 962. Oh. Yeah. So that means <laughs> that means that while you're going around the corner at maybe at, you know, 150 coming into the start-finish line, uh, the 962 is coming by at about... 40 to 50 miles an hour faster than you're going. Oh. And um, yeah, big speed difference, big speed difference. So you, you want to stay down low on the, on the line like that. Um, it was interesting when we went out there on Wednesday with the, um, with the uh, first engine, we had an unrestricted exhaust on the car and, you know, it sounded like a race car uh, and hopefully it gave it a little bit more power. But um when we put the replacement engine in there, we, we put the stock exhaust back on it because we figured the restrictions of it might actually help the compression of the engine and just be easier on it, you know, not knowing what we were working with. Uh, but it's so much quieter than the race exhaust that when I first went out on the track and was running those, that low line, you could hear, um, you could hear what I thought was a tire shredding because you kept hearing all this rubber hitting the inside of the oh, wheel the fender well holy cow and, that's amazing yeah but what what yeah it, and wasn't, I thought, it wasn't that it's just stuff <laughs> it's okay well that's stuff. what it was i mean it for like for like five seconds i thought oh boy my tires starting to shred this thing's gonna blow um because you could you could hear it but you and you could feel a little bit of it you were running over some rubber that had been laid down but um you know then wow. it then it came back to me it's like i'm down here in the dirty part of the track basically and I can hear what's happening now. Whereas the last time I drove the car, I couldn't. I couldn't hear any of that because of the race exhaust. Oh, interesting. Was yeah, also was, was that like marbles being thrown back up from your stickiness as well? Like all of that at the same time? Yes. Wow. Yes. Exactly. So, yeah, so you once were you know in that, debris. right? Yeah, because you're staying down low to stay out of the way of the GTP cars. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> what an experience! That must have been remarkable. 
I mean, it is. one time, one time, uh, I can't remember his name, Oyster Ray brought the, the, the 962 uh, up to uh, the, uh, a breakfast club one time, and just seeing it up there was nuts. Having it, be, you know, be in people's rearview mirrors was nuts. This is just on a, you know, people were driving at very regular speed limits. I, I can't even imagine at speed. I can't imagine at speed. It's amazing. I, I You know, 20 years ago when I did the... Um, the uh, the Grand Am Daytona finale, which was a, a professional race in a 993 RSR. Uh, you know, we were in a competitive class. They had SRP1 cars, which were open top prototypes. Uh, they had SRP2, which were the smaller engine open top prototypes. And then you had these um, All-American GT cars, which were tube frame, like Trans Am type cars mm. uh, with big domestic V8s in them. And then you had the uh, the GT cars. So you had these four different categories of, of cars and that race was a night race. And it was my first night race of something with that, that kind of um, competitive level and magnitude. I'd done club racing with it, but never anything professional like that where you had, uh, you know, this high level of competitiveness going on and these different speed uh, differentials between the cars. And I just remember at nighttime looking in the rear view mirror as you would come out of a corner uh, for example, on the infield where the horseshoe is, you come out of that corner, you accelerate, and you're you're heading towards the kink, which which is a flat out left hand corner. There's one line through it. Basically, you go from two lanes into one, and then it exits out, and you've got to hold your line. Once you commit to it, you've got to stay there, uh, so that you can make it around the corner without going off the track. And when you look up in your mirror, you can see that there will be headlights behind you, and you'd have to try and figure out is that somebody that I should let go like a faster prototype car or, or do I race them? Somebody, am I racing them? And that was really, that was really difficult to figure out. It, it's a challenge that, that all race car drivers in uh, endurance sports car racing face is, you know, knowing when to fight, knowing when to give somebody the line, but at the same time, you have to maintain your lap time and your speed. Yeah. And I was thinking about that as we were heading into uh, what was going to be the, the 3 a.m. night shift that I was going to have with that car with the GTP cars out there in this historic race. And then as I was like starting to get concerned about, you know, gee, this is somebody's now very expensive 962. I don't want to be the one that, you know, gets in their way and causes something. And then it dawned on me. It's like when you're racing a showroom stock car in a group of race cars from the 80s and 90s, you pretty much have the slowest car on the track. So everything that's going to be in the rear view mirror is going to be coming fast. <laughs> Just give way, Ray Shaver. Give way. Right. Oh, that's yeah. funny. I just, it's good stuff. Know, I have, I have no frame of reference here. When I had my 944 on the track, it was against Toyotas and Hondas and uh, there was super like just weird things because the 944 was not an expensive car back then. You know, it really wasn't. And to, whatever classes I was in to go around Lime Rock or even the autocross stuff that we did around Connecticut, it was just, you know, you were in it, the, the competition was very, very similar. It felt anyway. Um, you know, if something came in with high horsepower, it would have been like a Dodge Stealth or something like that, you know, right? right. <laughs> like a twin turbo Stealth. Uh, and that would have maybe blown the doors off somebody in a straight line. Yeah, it just I can't I have no frame of reference. I can't even imagine. And when you talk about the, you know, the rearview mirror and trying to differentiate, I think that some of those prototype cars are probably a little bit easier just because of the nature of 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 how they're built and stuff. 
so many of those cars are built on regular car chassis platforms. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I'm trying to put myself in your position in, of like, how do you do, even do that? I can't even imagine. Yeah, it, it, it seat time. I mean, it really does take a lot of um, experience. It takes a lot of seat time, I think. You know, you get, you just learn it. And again, you still see it happen now. Petit Le Mans recently, um, where GT cars, I mean, the, the competition level between the Porsche RSRs, you know, the factory team up against the Corvette C8Rs, and, you know, the back and forth that they're doing, the BMWs that are in there, they're fighting. And then here come, here come the, the top five prototype cars. Again, same thing super competitive. Yeah, there's only so much room on the track. I mean, that's, I, but I think that's really obviously one of the appeals of uh, endurance sports car racing is managing all that. But it, also at the same time, I think it's one of the uh, motivators and why you, you look to move up into the faster car so that, <laughs> so that you can be the one making the passes instead of being passed. Well, that's interesting. You know, I said give way before, but it does bring up an interesting point. I mean, does it come down to racing and where the line is and who is where? Is it gentlemanly? Like what does, obviously those cars are faster. Obviously they're more maneuverable, you know, more nimble. Um, When I say those cars, I mean, say a a, a prototype car. Uh, When somebody is coming down on you, where is the line? Are you... You know, is there goaltending where you you can't cut him off when you when you're trying to get to the kink or whatever? You know, when it when the funnel's down, uh, where is the line and who gives way? Be- because yeah, you're you know, right. The- I mean, you're you're quite a gentleman. I know in in real life, and I, I've never raced you, but I, I can't imagine you get too mean and angry and dirty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I have a feeling like the things that you're thinking about and and telling our audience about are are very that's res- a very respectful position and a very respectful perspective. Is everyone that yeah. way? Are the faster cars that way, or do they expect you to get the hell out of their way? Or no, I go? think I think from what you know, from what I've seen, there's everybody gets everybody knows everybody for the most part, and you you get to throughout the course of the season, you get to know who who does what, what their habits are, uh, what some cars are easier to pass than others. Um, so you know, you pick and choose wisely. You know, you don't want to make a mistake on either end of it, um, whether you know, you're the one passing, you're the one being passed. Now you bring up an interesting point. It is still the same season. It is still all the same people. It is just like any other sport. You do get to know the personalities and the yeah, cars. But, but, you know, things happen and, and you know, that you, you get in the way, you, you think somebody's going to do something, you don't. Uh, but I think probably one of the worst things you can do is second, second guess. Uh, if, you, if you've made a commitment to something, you're usually better off to stick with it. And... Um, and not as a change fellow, me. as someone else on the road, I would appreciate if you did. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So it's interesting, but it's one of the reasons why it's such a great sport. I mean, and why it's so interesting to watch and, and see what's going on, be involved in it. And uh, yeah, it's an amazing sport. No question. Did I ever ask you even, how, well, you know what? I'm going to ask you in a second how Ray Schaefer even got into racing. But before that, let me take a moment to remind you about St. Clair Insurance. (laughs) St. Clair Insurance. uh, CoverageFreeToys.com, CoverageFreeToys.com, CoverageFreeToys.com. They say all that separates men and boys is the coverage for their toys. St. Clair Insurance has coverage for your toys. What kind of toys, Ray Schaefer? Pretty much anything you could possibly imagine. We've gotten it down to even the bar stools with the V8s that you can drive down the street in the competitions or those the Barca loungers, you know, all that stuff. If it's got a motor and theoretically it's on the road, it's insurable. 
somebody else brought up something the other day. I want to find out about this. What about aircraft? I wonder about aircraft. Maybe those ultralights. And there's the kind you can, you know, you attach to a parachute with a motor on your back and you go run off a cliff. I wonder if all that stuff's insurable. Uh, even if you're already a Haggerty customer, we recommend you check out coverageforyourtoys.com and St. Clair Insurance because you may be missing out on a rep. You could get a rep, a representative, a buddy, somebody to hold your hand, goddamn, if something does go wrong. Hopefully not, especially with your collector cars. But things do happen, and that's why we have insurance. Check out St. Clair Insurance and coverageforyourtoys.com. 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 <laughs> Cover true Gotta protect. Can't help it. Nationwide warehouse. I love it. I love Jeff Sinclair. I love the company. I love uh the way they do business. Um I, I hope that our people are at least checking them out. Um please do. Please do, because it's really it's a good company. And I hope they stay with us. That's the other thing. We we hope that it works out for everybody. So Ray Schaefer, now that we got that out of the way. Did I ever ask you how on earth did you ever get interested in racing? Where did it come from for you? Wow, you know, um, I guess speed racer cartoons. Maybe that's where it started, right? Because car, right? If we're going all the way back to the beginning, if the first word out of your mouth was car, at some point you, you're sitting in front of a speed racer cartoon on television, and uh, yeah, I, you know, which is which is interesting because if you go back and look at the original speed racer. You can see that the um, it was drawn around the time that the golden age of sports car racing, you know, the uh, call it the mid 50s to the mid 60s, that time period. Oh, you mean the and, era of how the car is? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's what they look like. So, you know, the Mach 5 and all the cars that were on the show. Uh, if you look at it today, you can kind of pick out the inspiration from the 550 Spiders and the 718s, you know, the... Um, the Ford GTs and and what have you and uh, the Ferraris, it's fabulous. So I would say it, it probably started it probably started with that. But um, gosh, you know, I didn't really actually get to drive until I was in my late teens, and that's actually when I met Ramsey. We were joking about about that earlier, but you know, we started go kart racing at about the same time in our late teens, and uh, gosh, you know, it just I was able to keep doing it, and when I finally got to Brumos. Um, I was able to, uh, you know, spend some of my own money on the Skip Barber Racing School and move from carts into cars. That's a nice jump. Which Skip Barber did you do? Because I did that also. I did the one up at Lime Rock in the 90s. Uh, Yeah, that's that's Skip Barber's home track. uh, He's from that area. He owns the damn Um, thing now. Skip Barber's backyard playground now. That's right. That's right. Which, uh, um, where, where did you do the one at road Atlanta? No, actually, um, my first one was at mid Ohio cause I was living in Pittsburgh at the time. And then when I, when I was doing the series, uh, I went back and did the, uh, got my license. It was all at Sebring. I think I've, I've driven every oh. configuration of that track that they use down there. Uh, and there's quite wow. a few. So did that school, got my license and then they, they ran their own regional series. So I, I did the entire winter series one year. A Sebring series uh, or a Skip Barber series? It was Skip Barber regional series. You know, they had the oh. national one, the Barber Dodge Pro Series is what it was called. And they used to do regional versions, smaller versions of it. And that's really, that's where guys like Ryan Hunter Ray came up. He was one of the drivers uh, back then that was right around the same time. And of course, now he's an Indy 500 champion and IndyCar champion. So uh, Skip Barber trained a lot of a lot of uh, racers, and um, at any rate, 
I did I did the Southern series, which was cons consisted of uh, Sebring, multiple configurations, Moroso, which is West Palm Beach International, and uh, Homestead. And we went through variations of those tracks, so a couple races every month, and it was a full series. And so that was that was a lot of fun. That that really prepared me then to make the jump into um, professional sports car racing after that through showroom wow. stock and then into the GT car. So when you got into Skip Barber, you stayed in the program. I mean, you really, yeah. you really stayed with it. Wow. What yeah. cars, yeah. when you first went to that first one at Mid-Ohio, what cars were they running? Do you, do you remember? Yeah, they were the Formula Fords, and they were still using, I believe, Ford power plants at that point in time. Wow. Um, then by the time we get to the early 2000s, uh, they had a partnership with Dodge, and so they were using the, um, the four-cylinders, I think, were out of the Neons right? Yeah. I was going to say the, the program I went through was Dodge and it was the neon, the stealth, I think the Viper or they had the Viper there. I can't remember if we drove it or not. Uh, but like the Avenger, whatever, it was all Dodge products up to whatever the fastest one was probably the stealth. And, and that was, we learned car control and all that stuff, you know, whipping the e-brake and how to just all the things that now are second nature, but you don't really know the physics until you do something like that. But it was, it sounds like yeah. a far more uh, demure, more elementary version of things than you were doing in the Formula Fords. <laughs> well, I mean, really that, those were the cars, the Formula Dodges were the cars that we raced in that regional series. Uh, so pretty much the same car you went to school in. Wow. And, uh, you know, they, I remember them saying the power to weight ratio of that formula car it was the same as it was on the Dodge Viper. So, you know, you really wow. are driving a car. You learn a lot with that. You don't need a lot of horsepower when you don't have a lot of weight. Um, and just what you learn in balancing a car like that, I mean, it kind of brings us back to the conversation about the 944. You know, that car was famous in the 1980s for always the car magazine saying, you know, this is the best balanced, best handling car that you can buy. Almost yeah, not just Porsche, weight. any car. Right. Right. And so, I mean, it's um, when I when I think back to Road Atlanta and Daytona with that car this year, uh, it's, it's such a sweet handling car. I mean, it's everything, you know, from your track days and driving it on the road. What a ride. Yeah, I remember saying to you I, on the I, phone, I, I said, I think your 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 944 probably had a little more kick to it than mine. And then and then Ray told me that engine story. He just told all you. you so. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Might have been similar. Um, Ray, I want to go to the wide shot here for a second. And I want to turn the bubbles on, which I wish I could make happen at your place, but I can't. And I want to Look talk about the congratulations that are in order for your five years at Porsche. Is, oh, it, is that man, right? Do I have that correct? That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So this is I gotta... in celebration. We're having a big thing. <laughs> when did you get that? Oh, the bubble machine? Oh, I think as soon as the Letterman desk arrived, we just don't turn it on very often. <laughs> <laughs> And that you probably don't watch the comedy episodes as much, but we've got that. We've got uh, radioactive steam here as well, where I push a button on the desk and uh, there's some steam that comes out. I don't know if that's on or not, but it may or may not. Well, uh, there's all sorts of buttons. But for you, well, for you and this wonderful occasion, it's the bubbles because it's sort of like confetti and uh, a big thing. I want the fanfare of the congratulations. Oh, man, Five years Thank is a big you deal so with the company. Thank you. I appreciate that. I really do. And I got I to tell you a, a quick story about that because just to, this really speaks to the culture of, of Porsche and why we love the company so much. I mean, you know, there's enthusiasts in that company like you can't imagine. And I got to say, um, I, went down, I went down to Daytona. I was down there Wednesday through Sunday. 
And, you know, we see a lot of, we see a lot of our, our friends and I, the bubbles are still going. That's okay. Yeah, We're still there's a few stragglers. It's uh, clearing out yeah. now. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> That's all right. Um, but, uh, my, my boss, um, who is also a racer in his background, a racer at heart, um, but also an engineer, um, the manager for Porsche Classic uh, here in North America. He actually flew down for the day on Thursday when they were doing that engine swap. And um, I, I, didn't, I didn't have any, I wasn't going to have any track time or anything like that. But he came down um, specifically to hand deliver the five-year anniversary uh, plaque that they give you, the nice pin and lapel pin and plaque um, for the five-year service award with PCNA. And I was just so blown away by that. I posted about it because, I mean, that's just him knowing, uh, being a racer, knowing how special Daytona is uh, to someone like me, you know, being with Brumos as long as I was. That was our home track. There he is. Uh, all the history. That's Jonathan. Um, I was just blown away. I mean, what a wonderful, wonderful thing to do. Um, that's leadership. And that's that's the type of culture that we have inside Porsche. And I think, you know, that just just blow me away. I just am um, so impressed by that. Especially given everything going on in the world. Yeah, it's not I mean, easy it's, to travel. It's, it's wonderful yeah. and you deserve the salute, but I mean, really, uh, considering everything going on, getting to you is a big deal these days. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, we're obviously here in, we all are here in Atlanta, but um, to take the opportunity to do that, to, to, make, to make an impact, uh, it was really felt and I appreciate that greatly. So thank you and thank you for recognizing it as well. Oh, my buddy. It was a big deal. It's a big deal. You, you know, you, you and I talk about things and we do career is one of the things we talk about. And, uh, you know, Porsche is just, man, they're, they're, they're just, you know, they're up here. The heck of a company. It really is a great, great group of people. Well, you're one of them. I think my point is, I think you're one of the people that, that makes it here, that keeps it here. I think oh, they're you. celebrating you because they should. Thank you. I, I appreciate that very much. You are you much. are a connection between us people, us Porsche files, and Porsche. I mean, you really are a connection. You spend time with with me as a friend. You spend time with our audience and your audience on Fresh Brewed Air Cooled, which we'll talk about in just a second. You really are very very giving of your time and of your knowledge. And I I just feel that um, that it's I don't want you to think uh, oh it was really really of course it's a wonderful thing, but also you deserve it. You deserve it, sir. Oh, thank you. And that's important. Thank you. That's you realize. I do. And I, I really appreciate it. I, I am very grateful. And, and again, when you look at the, you know, it's Thanksgiving week, I, it's, it's not lost on me. It really, it isn't. I'm very, very thankful for that. And for the friendships that come out of it, you know, we, this last weekend, I was just in Savannah. We just did the um, uh, surprise. I was invited down to, um, to present Jim Goodlett with his sportsman of the year award from the Oglethorpe driving club. And, um, you know, that was, he has this saying that the cars that are here are basically these conversation starters. There he is. And that's, of course, our friend Ramsey in the background there. But Oh, um, there he is. Ramsey. And he's doing it. He's doing it. Ramsey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there he is. There he is. Yeah. You need to have him, you know, you need to have him back on one of these times and get caught up with him. He's been a busy guy, too. 
That is a great idea. I would love it. You know, he's got such an energy that it probably would be able to translate through uh, through our little interface here. You know, I just yeah. he's so great in person. There were there were certain people that we weren't sure in the beginning, and I feel like the interface is getting better. I know that you are crystal well, clear tonight. Thank you, and that you know that's the point too on the whole idea of this. Uh, what I'm getting at this Porsche, you know, is a community, and the people in it are just phenomenal. I mean, East Coast, West Coast, in between, all around the world. I mean, I've been to uh, Cars and Coffee in Stuttgart, you know, and uh, you look at what Pat Patrick Long has done with uh, the couple of shows I had Aluka called overseas. Um, oh, it's yeah. just been, it's just a great community. It really is. I mean, when you can speak Porsche, you have something in common with folks all over the world and it, it brings us together. I love that. I love that. Well, see, like this is what I'm saying. You're the right guy for that job. Thank you. <laughs> you right. I love it. They should, should be celebrating you. Um, you. Speaking of, uh, uh, um, uh, I don't know. Speaking of, speaking of things that should be spoken of, uh, I'll just say it that way. Would you like to say a few words about Jim Pace? Yes, I actually. Um, you know, when we were down in Daytona, Jim Jim Pace, unfortunately, um, you know, we lost we lost him to uh, complications from COVID nineteen, and uh, I got to know Jim over the last um, over the last year. I, I I knew who he was for a long time because he's a Daytona and a Sebring winner. He's a professional race car driver, but uh, he was one of those Skip Barber instructors as well that was was always there. And even through his involvement with HSR Historic Sports Car Racing. Jim was very involved with helping other people drive better, safer on the track, having more fun. Jim was a, was a heck of a friend to so many people and a great coach. Uh, and he was also involved in events. Uh, last year, we did a road rally with HSR. It was based out of Chattanooga. He was involved in the Chattanooga Motor Car Festival and making that happen for this part of the world. And it's just a huge loss. I mean, when we were at Daytona, he was supposed to be there driving the Leighton House 962. He drove it last year. There's incredible video that's on YouTube. If you put in uh, HSR and you look for 962 in-car at Daytona, Jim actually talks you through the lap, uh, multiple laps, as he's driving the 962 at full chat. And it's, it's, he's so calm as he goes through it. <laughs> uh, it's just it's wonderful. It's wonderful. But you know, he's, he's such a good guy, such a gentle person and a giving person. It's a huge loss. It's felt by everybody um, in, in the community and, and I'm sure his family and friends. I just, I feel so badly, but um, we, knew, we knew that he was not there because he got COVID-19 and that he was sick with it. But, you know, he's, he's the first person that I know to have passed away uh, related to it. And it's just a, it's a shock for us all. Oh, well, uh, <clears throat> for your personal loss, I'm very sorry for your personal loss. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I feel and, for his family. And to and Jim Pace, well. RIP. Yeah. I saw that you posted it. I knew it was a big deal. Then when we talked about it on the phone, I just, uh, I'm, I'm glad that uh, you didn't mind sharing. No, not at all. I mean, it's, uh, you know, that, gosh, a life like his is, is to be celebrated. And it's an example, again, of how you should share your enthusiasm and your fun. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, the, what, what, what you love, other people will too, and maybe they don't know how to to enjoy it or get to that point. And and uh, you can certainly help out. And he did whatever that. lights your light, right? Yeah. Uh, well, 
not quite time to wrap it up, but it's getting there. I want to talk about fresh brewed and air cooled. We're just on a short hiatus right now, right? It's been a couple of weeks without an episode, but I figured, oh, the end of the year is wrapping up here. Do we have more episodes to look forward to? We sure do. We sure do. As a matter of fact, yeah, we've had a little bit of a break because the schedule uh, in October, November just got crazy. So, you know, it's our first year. The whole thing was born out of COVID-19 as far as being work from home. And, you know, what do you do in the evenings? What do you do on the weekend when you've already been, you know, in your in your office all day long? Um, and so, you know, Cam, uh, Cam and I sort of came up with that idea and uh, it, it kind of grew from that. So we didn't really start it with some big grand plan of how we would schedule this, how we would do all this. And <laughs> as familiar. you know, yeah, I was going to say, as you well know, uh, it's a little bit of work. <laughs> but it does sound very familiar. We're not sure what even what the goal is, but we have an idea and we want to run with it. And the feedback, you know, again, speaking of community, the feedback from the, the folks that do watch it and comment and call and 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 stop you at a show that you go to, um, you know, it's just it's so makes it worth it. It's so much fun to know that other people uh, get something out of it and enjoy it as much as we do. And so I think what we're going to do is that we've got um, we've got one coming out this Saturday at uh, 11 a.m. We're going to we're going to have Patrick Long as hey! our. Yeah, so we don't even guess. have to wait for the holidays. We've got one right here just after Thanksgiving. Once That's you right. bought well, your you new know. TV on Black Friday, your new smart TV, you got to <laughs> dial up the uh, Fresh Brewed and Air Cooled first thing Saturday morning. That's absolutely right. So you'll you'll be sitting at home, right? You can watch that, have a nice cup of coffee. And of course, once it's up, as with your show, it's there. So you can watch it whenever it's convenient for you. And uh, yeah, Pat was great. It was um, really, you know, they just finished up an incredible season. Uh, they just won Sebring. Congratulations to Patrick Long. Yeah. That was a that was a big deal. It was two two three weeks ago now. Yeah. Big deal. Yeah, so very happy for him. This was recorded before that, uh, but nevertheless, um, I think we'll we'll have this with Pat this weekend, and then uh, perhaps one more before the end of the calendar year, and then we're going to come back. We're going to come back with a, um, a a plan, and we'll uh, we'll approach it so that we can keep a, a proper pace to it. But we've got a lot of great ideas and I think a lot of things that uh, really help fine tune it more towards, um, you know, what Cam does and what I do and what our background is. And, you know, that I think is a, a little bit of an angle that, um, you know, there's only one Cam. And so to have him uh, talk uh, talking about uh, the, the topics that we do, the depth that we do, um, is something that we really want to hone in on. So it's, it's just... Uh, a lot to do, lot, lot to come, and some really some interesting guest names too that uh, I think people will really be happy to see that might not you might have not heard from before. You always have great guests. Um, that is, I mean, that's kind of the thing. <laughs> Whoever your guest is is spectacular. I really don't want uh, other people to miss the fact that you and Cam are so good together. There is a relationship there that is it is developing still. And it and, and it's very interesting for us all to watch, and uh, if, especially if you watch them from the beginning into now, you know you can see how you've 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 both grown in in the roles, uh, and it's just fun. It's really fun. It's very easy. And if you like cars and car stuff, and you want to know, you know, fill your noggin with more knowledge, check out Fresh Brewed and Air Cooled. Um, it sounds like it'll be more regular in the future, but definitely check it out Saturday for now. Thank you. Patrick Thank Long. you. Well- is the I most recent one, that. was it Jeff's work? Was that the most recent from a, maybe a month or so ago? 
Yes, it's it's been it, it's been up now for for a while, but uh, man, it's such a you know Jeff, you know you've he's a friend of yours as well, and has been on your yeah. show. Jeff he's, is but such he's in my heart person. more than a friend. Uh, he he yeah. made his way into my heart very quickly. He's that type of person. Yes, absolutely, absolutely, and and uh, yeah, we we managed to talk with him right after he uh, was within the week that he had run Pikes Peak in the nine thirty five, and yeah. uh, then then went and did the nine oh six drive with a group of other folks from road scholars and that film actually just came out on road scholars channel last week. So if you haven't seen that yet, uh, check out their YouTube page at road scholars and it watch was, the uh, uh, peak to peak. That's right. Was that yeah. the one? Yeah. Well, peak to peak because, oh, excuse uh, you me, know, excuse me, excuse me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. And by the way, if you don't know what that is, it's a bunch of nine Oh sixes on a road trip. Yes. Like on streets, on the streets. It's very, very cool. On the street. On the street. Yeah. So check that out. It's, it's uh, the, the photography is beautiful. The, the, the filmmaking and, you know, it, kudos to Cam's crew there. He basically has um, one person working the uh, video and one working the still photos and uh, they work great together, Andrew and Brian. And, um, you know, they work on the podcast that we do as well. Are and they the ones doing the editing? Yes. Oh, cool. Great. And the post-production yeah. stuff is great on your show. Thank you. They do a wonderful job. So kudos to them. And of course, that. theme song by John Oates. Couldn't, couldn't help yeah. but mention John Oates did your theme song. I love that. I love that. It's I just do. cool, man. It's just cool. <laughs> if, if you have that, how can you not mention it? I can't wait for you. I can't wait for you to meet him and talk with him and have him on your show because John is such a such a swell guy. I mean, really, like like Ramsey Potts. I mean, just another uh, great guy, great guy. Like Jeff Swart. I mean, it's just it's amazing. We have so many wonderful people in our community. How did we, we get exchange so messages recently? Uh, I exchanged messages with him recently, so it will happen. Uh, he was excited about it. It will happen. It's just a matter of you know when and how. I think I would really like for that to be in person, if possible, and I would be more than happy to wait for it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I get uh, it. I get it. We're getting there. We're getting there. It'll be soon. Oh, jeez. <laughs> we'll get life back to normal. I think the fog machine finally warmed up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, okay. One last question, and it's going to be, uh, what is new? What do we have to look forward to? But before I do that, I want to bring up very quickly that COVID time is still going on, people. And it is what it is. You can feel about it how you feel about it. I have no judgment there, but I do know that we're supposed to be wearing masks. So if you're in a part of the world where you should be wearing a mask and you see someone who isn't, you could say to them, hey, need a mask? Shophansiger.com. That's what we did. And then go on about I your have, business because I wouldn't stick around to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I have three of them sitting right over here from Hunziker. I love them. Yeah, I do too. The new ones, are I feel like, are even softer than the old ones. They got the tensioners and everything. Super cool. Yeah. So highly check well out shophunziger.com. Uh, with that, though, I want to wrap it up with Ray Schaefer and find out what is uh, happening maybe in the new year with Porsche, what things happening in the Heritage Gallery, and, uh, and just anything that you want people to know about you and things coming up. Well, actually, if you look at the uh, PEC Atlanta, they are celebrating their fifth anniversary. Uh, this has been the fifth anniversary year. And so in uh, – I've gosh – December is it December 9th? Let me let me look at the date here. I want to make sure that I get this right. But and um, also you can congratulations. 
to the, yeah. to the PEC Atlanta on yeah. five years. It's that time. <laughs> oh, I can't help it. Please continue, Ray Schaefer. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. This, it's perfect. It's perfect for what I'm about to say because uh, there is a there's a special virtual party happening that you can register. There is limited space, but uh, by doing so, you can also enter to win a driving experience at the PEC Atlanta. So um, if you go on the PEC ATL Instagram, you'll see the link in the bio. Uh, Patrick Long hosts uh, a, a number of guests who went through the PEC, and uh, I got to spend time with uh, three-time Emmy Award winner Francesca Amaker from here in Atlanta and uh, walk her through the Heritage Gallery. And our friend, our friend Tori, I was able to, um, to stand next to his car and talk about that uh, for this little virtual uh, party that we're going to be having. So I would encourage folks to uh, celebrate with us and register to um, be on the fifth anniversary celebration with Patrick Long and friends from the PEC Atlanta. And the date on it, let me look at the date here. I want to make sure that I get this right. Wednesday, December 9th at 6 p.m. Oh, very cool. And this will be a virtual thing that people can join in. Is that, t- is that how it works? Right. You register for it and then you, uh, you, can, you can get in, but you also can uh, register to win the driving experience. Oh, that is so cool. Um, and then just to, for everyone else, this, of course, is our buddy Tori's car that we were talking about over there. And huge shout out and love to v- Mr. Dubber for life, who I exchanged a couple texts with today. So he is doing well, everybody. He's enjoying his social media break and uh, as right he should. Thankful for that friendship, and boy, what a gift that has been. Same here. Same here. There's a lot of people that I wouldn't have had the opportunity to talk to if he didn't put them in this chair over here for me, you know, when he was booking guests. And just a great friend. Great guy. Great guy. That's how we met. That's exactly right, Ray Schaefer. Gosh. That's right. (laughs) I am so amazed at where we both are today versus where we were three, four years ago, whatever that was. Yeah, short, short time. Lot, lots happened. Probably two Here's, and a half years ago. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, how do you enough. feel about tonight's show? Did we do good? I was fun. Thank you. It was, I really enjoyed the opportunity to catch up and talk about uh, all the, you know, what we've been able to do um, and the things that we're thankful for. And of course, even to remember our, you know, our friends that uh, unfortunately we've lost. So thank you for the opportunity. I really appreciate that. Oh, thank you, Ray Schaefer. Did we get to everything that we wanted to cover? Yeah, we always do. It's just uh, oh, it's so it's great talking with you. That's you the have best. the best show. Uh, well, in that case, thank you, Ray Schaefer. In that case, uh, we are recording an episode tomorrow for Thanksgiving. Tomorrow's guest will be Pete Stout from Triple Zero Magazine. Um, I think it may be Pete Stout and wife. We'll see. We'll see because uh-huh. I have a feeling there may be some BMW talk to be had as well as the Porsche talk. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, but Pete Stout will be here tomorrow live at 5 if you want to check it out live. Otherwise, the replay will go up on Thanksgiving for you to enjoy then after you've had your turkey. Um, and then next week, oh, we've got, we're back live with the new shows next week live. Uh, Adam Ferraro will be here. So that's cool too from Top Gear USA in the old days and also Rescue Me he was on. And uh, in our world, we know him as a really, really funny com- uh, comic comedian. So uh, Adam Ferraro next week. A lot of stuff coming up. Ray Schaefer, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your friendship. And uh, just thank you for being you. I mean that in every way. Thank you for being you. Thank you. I I appreciate that. And thanks to you for the same. I mean, ditto right back at you. I mean, I couldn't. (laughs) You said it perfectly. Thank you. And uh, yeah, all my best to you and Nicole. Love you guys both. And happy Thanksgiving to everyone. 
Tomorrow Live with Pete Stout, replay Thursday. <laughs> Other than that, have a great turkey, everybody. Talk to you soon.